0: Superstar Titan Whisper <laughs> The Titan <it's> Whisper <laughs> I don't even know where they got that from Oh yeah
1: I told them <laughs> It's like what should you talk about It's like yeah. Oh let me Let me list <laughs> yeah. Top of the list Nah no, I'm just playing this. I didn't say that
2: <laughs> Alright guys y'all ready? Yeah Alright Let's go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Welcome to First and Fifteen, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with the two-time FFPC champion, AB. I'm also here with our dynasty guru, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to go through the news real quick. Not much news to come out this week, but I do want to talk about the Claypool injury it seems like he'll be okay but is it still relevant or irrelevant
1: uh mostly irrelevant for me uh you know i think uh when we hear about how fragile rbs are but then we constantly see wide receivers going down with injury uh you know i think it's more relevant from that standpoint of that anyone can get injured or be exposed to injury so Maybe running backs a little bit more often, but if you have a wide receiver that gets injured, that's your wide receiver. So,
0: yeah, depth is important,
1: really uh, relevant just from a drafting standpoint, overall concept standpoint.
0: Yeah, overall, irrelevant because they already said it's not that big of a deal, he'll be back Mm -hmm. soon, and you know, we're, we're three weeks away from the season, so overall, it's irrelevant, but theoretically, for fantasy, especially FFPC. You know, when it happens, you think everybody thinks, oh, no, mm-hmm. they probably get scared off of Claypool. So that small gap of injury and prognosis is when there's a dip. So if you're interested in Claypool, you can buy the dip. Buy the dip. Yeah, buy the dip. So.
2: All right. Uh, Jamal Adams finally gets his new contract, four-year, $72 million extension. Yep. Irrelevant or Irrelevant. Irrelevant. I mean, let's just hope they got enough money to pay
1: Dwayne Brown, right? Uh, protect uh, Russ's blonde they side. They paid
0: that man. They gave that man the highest contract out of any safety in the NFL. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, crazy. this is
1: a fancy football show, not
0: an NFL show. Yeah, just crazy. They like they going. like no, no. him for his for their system. Now, <laughs> now it's relevant it the fact that it does help the Seahawks defense because he does make them a different defense when he's out on the field. I don't know if people are really targeting the Seahawks defense, but if you are. You know, that helps yeah. out.
2: All right, fair enough, fair enough. Let's talk about Tebow mania. It looks like it's over. Tebow gets waived by the Jags. Irrelevant or irrelevant? Waste of time, man. <laughs>
1: oh, man, uh, irrelevant, but, you know, nice to to know that he's not going to be on the team to potentially vulture any goal line touchdowns, although I thought that was pretty far-fetched. Still, you never know.
0: right. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. Fair enough, enough. Yeah. pants, man, come on yeah, next, Keep next, it next. moving we got, we got a long show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't got no time talking about Tebow, man Alright guys, I read a report uh, That during the joint practice With uh, Philly and New England That Jalen Hurts actually Outshined Cam during that practice Is that relevant or irrelevant? Really? Mm. Yeah,
1: I mean for I'm ignoring the camp reports What I do take from that is that Jalen Hurts seems to be improving from a practice standpoint. And so when we started off first with a lot of negative news, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with the entire Philadelphia Eagles team in general, we're starting to see some positive news come out of that team and, and coming out of uh, camp. And uh, from what I saw from the preseason, to me, it's promising because uh, we, we have been seeing quite the dip in Jalen Hurts' ADP over the uh past few recent weeks whether it's been the Watson news or or the initial bad news uh coming out of camp but I think it's I think it's a a positive from his standpoint as far as Cam goes uh, to me it's mostly irrelevant it's it's hard to to really pull any objective information that's going to change or sway my opinion when it comes to that Patriots quarterback competition
0: yeah yeah and y'all know how I feel about B Riders I mean one B writer would, would say one thing; another B writer would say something totally opposite. So I just kind of try to just ignore it and just kind of pay attention yeah. to the facts. Now I will say, if there is any merit to to what that report was, because I didn't even see that report, um, that's that's relevant to me because for me, I I do believe Mac Jones is going to get that job soon. You know mm. how soon? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's Week One. You know they they do say they're in a a quarterback battle and. He looked pretty good in the preseason. I mean, it was yeah, against the backups, um, but he looked poised. He, mm-hmm. he looked like he 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 was. I don't want to say a a veteran, but he didn't look like a rookie. So mm-hmm. I guess you can say he looked like a veteran. So and, and y'all know I like Damian Harris. So if Mac Jones does get that job, that that's wheels up for Damian Harris. So relevant in that standpoint. Um, I got Jalen Hurts in a few of my teams now with this dip. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Still a little bit nervous about it but you know if he's doing better then i mean that there's nothing but help out a little bit yeah
1: it, it it's just funny how quickly these adps have shifted mm-hmm. in just a matter of few you know a few weeks you know initially we were you know screaming the praises and you know and, and trying to beg people to to take trey lance right uh and now i've just completely reversed course because his ADP has gotten to a point where it's just not palatable to take him where yeah, he's man. going. Yeah, yeah. So now, you know, you're getting guys like, you know, Jalen Hurts, who is a, a known starter. Right. Who's going around the same area. I'm I'm definitely going to go Jalen Hurts over him. Because, again, yeah. Jalen Hurts is that Konami code upside, too. Right. I man. mean, if anything, he you're looking at, you know, potentially Lamar Jackson uh, from 20... 2019. Yeah, yeah. You know, remember I how feel. remember how you know Lamar Jackson looked his rookie year when he started the uh back half of the season, uh very similar trajectory as far, you know, you know as far as starting off your career career-wise, but obviously it's a different offense. I'm not saying that he's Lamar Jackson, but you definitely have that high rushing upside and
0: that's really all I care about. Right, right. So. I still like Trey Lance over Hurts, but yeah. When we were getting Lance, Hertz was going like two, three rounds yeah. mm-hmm. before Lance. Now they're going in the same place. So if it's a toss-up, I mean, I'll take either or. Still would prefer Lance, but, but Hertz is not a bad consolation prize at all. If I knew
1: Lance was starting, I, mm-hmm.
0: would, I would take Lance. Yeah. Actually, I would yeah. just
1: take whoever was left over. Right. But we don't know Lance is starting. Yeah. We don't even know if he's going to start. And we've right. talked about it on this podcast. When we, when we talk about how excited we are about Trey Lance... You know, I draft him with the understanding of knowing that there's a chance that he may not play at all, at all, you know, yeah. at all this year. So yeah. I'm never just taking him and and so, so, solely relying on the fact that he may, you know, lead my team to the promise. That's why him. if
0: you take him though, you have to make sure you you do pick up some other quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find myself taking another one of those um, late, not not late tier, but mid tier quarterbacks. Exactly. After the, the hurt, and I want a mid tier. I don't. Yeah, I don't want yeah, to wait on yeah. one of these
1: later guys. Right. Uh, you know. I know. You know. Uh, you know. Sam Darnold has an easy schedule to start. Man, don't you know, draft we talked, Sam Darnold, I know. Man. We, we talked about Fitzpatrick, but I, I really don't want any of those guys. <laughs> I don't mm. want to rely. You know, especially in high stakes, on you know guys like Fitzpatrick in my lineup on a week to week basis. Right.
2: All right, guys, I want to do the injury report for this week. Uh, Dio, can you give us our rundown on injuries and what has happened so far? So
0: um, I, I didn't gather all of them. So these are just a few I just kind of um, corralled. So Julio, he's been missing practice. He missed practice today. I don't even know what his injury is. Uh, just know he missed practice. Naheem Hines, same thing. He missed practice for whatever injury. So he's out. Uh, Justin Fields actually hurt his groin. Um, I don't know if that happened in the game or in practice, um, but he didn't practice today. Um, Hollywood is still out. We didn't bring him up last week, but DeAndre Swift has had a groin injury. I do think he, they said he's going to try to come back to practice this week, but I haven't heard anything yet. Um, Chase, Chase Claypool, he had an ankle injury mm-hmm. um, that we could speak on earlier, I mean later. Um, Amari still dealing with that ankle like they were hoping a, he, would, he may
1: he may play in the preseason. They yeah, the talk mm-hmm. he they're
0: saying now. may play, but also they they're saying they're not quite sure yet. Um Roby Anderson, he just had a hamstring injury recently. So Robbie, uh, Robbie, Robbie, okay, <laughs> my bad, my bad, Robbie. By Robbie the way,
2: Anderson. I think I figured it out. It is Darrell, not Daryl. But keep going. <laughs> How do you know it's Darrell. I've, I've been doing some research on it. I just can't yeah, give it up. Rabbit hole, yeah. Hole. <laughs> All right. Um,
0: Devin Funches, who actually has been looking good with the Packers' um, hamstring injury. Mm-hmm. So he's been out. Um, and then A.J. Dillon. Mm. Remember last week I talked about K.J. Um, um, Colin Hill, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. that he was an a injury away again mm-hmm. because Aaron Jones was dealing with an injury. I think Aaron Jones actually came back to practice now, but A.J. Dillon didn't practice. Colin Hill got first team reps today. Um, so yeah. And, uh, I'm sure there's other injuries, but those are the ones that just kind of caught yeah. my eye.
2: And now, there are a few people who have kind of fallen off our radar lately. Specifically, I want to talk about uh, James Conner because we talked about him last week. Oh, yeah. I got a chance to talk to Dr. Reyes about James Conner. Oh, really? So, okay. let's see his diagnosis and his opinion on the, on the James Conner injury.
3: James Conner actually had a recreational vehicle accident back in April 2021 and which he then therefore had a surgery. The reports showed that there is actually called a turf toe type injury and so we expect that to be more if we call a hyperextension of the toe and so whatever toe that was hyperextended it does not say specifically what toe basically the toe goes into hyperextension um, possibly tearing some ligaments or fracturing some of the bones. To so have it surgically repaired, that means that uh, something was repaired or at least either uh, minimally invasive to just uh, debride it, so they're going to remove some tissue um, or they need to uh, surgically repair. Um, Most reports show that he is uh, now off the pup list after returning off the COVID-19, and then also being delayed in his practice return due to the toe. And so we're looking to see that uh, after a toe surgery, um, you're looking at a eight to 12 month recovery period. Um, with ramped up strength conditioning and then agility after that. And so it's no surprise that there's a delayed um, return for him to practice. But we're looking to see that he returns in maybe one of the preseason games, uh, but definitely ready for week one return.
2: Now, we also talked about Joe Burrow didn't look great. Uh, I think, A.B., you said that you expected him not to look great because of the type of injury that he had. Dr. Reyes also talked about uh, Joe Burrow as well.
0: He actually said he was getting through a mental thing with that today, too. So, Eh, mental. He might be improving. improving, Let's let's see what the doc has to say.
3: All right, let's watch it. (laughs) Joe Burrow sustained an ACL-MCL tear um, in November 2020. He went on to have uh, surgery that same uh, month in in November and then uh, to repair his ACL as an MCL. So uh, 12 months removed from there would then put him back into November of 2021. Nine months removed from there, especially from an ACL MCL repair, um, puts him around August, 2021. So it's no surprise that they're making a big push for him to return week one most reports and then the video analysis from practices show that he is moving um, out of the pocket. He's making you know throws with that uh, left leg being planted into the ground itself um, and then moving into a specific direction. And so we're going to want to see that he continues to do that and also passes more criteria um, during practice to ensure that he is still making full recovery because full recovery from then would be from 12 months from there. And so he's going to be pushing for a week one return date. Most reports show that he is also uh, trying to push for that week one return date. You're going to be looking that preseason, they ramp up uh, some more activity during practice. Um, We may see him in preseason three, um, but looking to see that he gets into that week one return date from that ACL MCL repair.
2: All right, so the last person that I got a chance to talk to Dr. Reyes about is OBJ. We haven't heard... Odell. It. Odell. Odell, my boy. All right, boy. All right. Odell. Is he concerned about Odell? Listen... You know,
1: I, mm-hmm. I'm glad, I'm glad uh, you had a chance to talk to him, because although I want to believe that he's going to return, I think we're all thinking that he's going to return to that New York Giants Odell. We really haven't seen that in a while, mm-hmm. yeah. but... It's not like his injury occurred like last off season. It yeah. occurred in season, a few mm-hmm. games in season, and we're just you know we've seen the videos of him like running super fast on the treadmill. He didn't end up on the pup to start, but he really hasn't participated in practice. I like Odell, and, man. and okay. I think it's, I think what's baked into his current ADP is the fact that he's in a a primarily a run volume offense. Mm-hmm. Baker's his quarterback, you know, good but not great. Not you know, and that he's coming off an injury. But I don't think what what is baked in is the potential that he may not be a hundred percent when he comes back. Again, mm-hmm. that may this may be a situation where we're just assuming that knee's going to be a hundred percent. We're assuming that it's not going to be eased in. Everyone you know, everyone's worried about Saquon uh, as far as you know him being eased in. But we're not. No one has the same concern, uh. or no one said anything about Odell. Just yet. So uh, I'm interested. Yeah, see, I'm,
3: right. You didn't like that? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like hearing that? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all right. The truth hurts. I <laughs> <laughs> see what uh, Dr. Ace has to say about it. Some of you may be wondering when Odell be- Beckham Jr. will return to full practice and uh, play um, after sustaining an ACL tear. Well, he sustained his ACL tear November uh, 10th, 2020, actually in September, and then had surgery on November 10th, and so then therefore his earliest return to uh, play would be nine months from there, that would make it about August 2021. They're gonna to wanna to see that he passes all criteria, past the nine months through the rehabilitation program itself, and then through the strength condition, and, and then through practice drills. And so you'll see that most reports that he is actually moving through practice right now and doing most practice drills but no contact and so we're going to be looking that he's going to actually ramp that up over the next coming weeks in preseason and then looking for a return on week one he's he is actually moving forward without the pup list and and so they're going to be looking to uh, ramp him up for that week one return date that would put him around 10 months um, away from surgery so it's right around that timeline in which we see these individuals return from acl tears Then we want to see, you know, month 11, month 12 to full recovery by then. And now they're uh, full into their season. So you're going to be looking at a limited role when he does first start. However, that is going to be ramped up barring any setbacks for him. So look for a week one return date for him.
2: So let's talk about lineups. And it seems like the casual Fantasy football drafter is starting to jump into some of these drafts. I know I drafted a couple teams over this last week. Nice. And I see fewer badges, actually, in my draft. Really? Let's actually address them for a second. For the casual drafter, um, you know, what exactly are you looking for when you look at fantasy value? Like, how do you determine fantasy value when you're, you know, setting up to get prepared for a draft? Well, I mean, the
1: first thing, you know, for a casual drafter is you really, really have to understand the format that you're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if you're just now jumping into the game, because likely you're pulling from a variety of different resources. And it's really hard to put certain articles in context. You know, you probably have come across, uh, you know, zero RB strategy. And that may be viable, you know, in certain formats where you're starting three wide receivers in a flex or, uh, but in, in a format like uh, the FFPC or formats where you only have to start two wide receivers, you don't necessarily have to go that route. And, that may, and, and to me, that may be less viable. You know, half point PPR versus PPR, standard, you know, or non-PPR versus PPR. Those are all very, very important. But really understanding, you know, what you need from a starting lineup, that is, extremely key. So that's usually the first thing that uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, people who are just now starting to draft need to need to tackle first. And the next thing is understanding what the current ADP looks like, what the current landscape looks like, because it's easy to get through the first second and maybe third rounds. But once you start to get in the middle rounds and especially the later rounds, that's when you start to kind of get lost. And especially if you're just doing drafts for the first time, you start to get flustered a bit. So you really want to look at what what do ADPs look like? What can I anticipate there being for me in the fifth round? And once you have a good sense of that, then you can start drafting it based off of what you believe. So if you believe zero RB is viable and you're thinking I'm going to draft four wide receivers, then you need to have a good understanding of which RBs are going to be there for you in that mere mid to later rounds. And if you're not comfortable with those running backs, or you don't feel like your team is uh, a, uh, a team that, it, you know, can, can take down a tournament, then you need to adjust your strategy a bit. So understanding the draft format, format uh, you know, having a good sense of what ADPs currently look, look like, that's really what you should focus on before you start drafting.
2: Dio, uh, let's stay on the same topic, but let's address it from a different point of, of view. Like, how do you contrast talent versus being in a good situation? A player you are high on has a lot of talent. Let's say like a Janu being there with Hunter Henry, but those are two stud tight ends versus a tight end that may not have a battle, but is in a better situation. Like, how do you determine who has the better fantasy value when it comes to choosing a tight end in a situation like that?
0: Tight end or just any
2: players? Just any position, okay. but just, for instance, like that situation, whereas both of those receivers are highly talented. But I kind of, I mean, I kind of fade them a little bit because let's be honest, like there are two stud tight ends who yeah. could take carries away from each other. Right, right, right.
0: I mean, ideally when in fantasy you want to find the players that kind of meet at the interse- intersection of both talent. And situation. Those are the best players, obviously. The Players where you know they're probably gonna get most of the touches. They're they're gonna get um, they're gonna be involved in the offense. Probably one of the the major playmakers for their team. You know, um, and then also they're the ones that they, they can take it to the house any moment. You know, um, they they can catch over anybody that defended them. You know, you want players like that. Um, now, when it gets to the point later in the draft, you know, it starts to kind of split. You kind of have like a fork in the road, kind of like what you're speaking of. You start going down the path of players that have talent, but probably not in the the best situation, or players that are in a fairly okay situation, but the talent's not there. For example, you look at somebody like, um, what was I going to say? The the guy that they were talking about this week, Malcolm Brown. Mm -hmm. Okay, Malcolm Brown, talent-wise, is not what you would probably look for. Jag. but Below Jag. All of a sudden this week, everybody saw that he was getting those first-team reps at running back. His mm-hmm. value is now increased. People are not increasing his value because they think he's good. They're increasing his value because the situation improved from where they saw it was before, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you look at another situation where, kind of like what you're saying, Johnu has the talent, but he's splitting work with another tight end. We don't even know if he's splitting. They might both be out there at the yeah. same time. Um, but when you think of just the, the position of tight end, he is having somebody else there that you can maybe say is even more talented than him. He was a higher draft pick. Um, yeah. Other than last year, he was always looked at higher than Janu. Hmm. Um So it definitely depends. Um, I'm the guy that likes opportunity over talent. Now, they do say talent always, you know, the queen rises to the crop. I mean, rises to the top. But like I always preach, you know, no matter what we think about talent-wise as far as these players – all that matters is what the coach thinks. Right. Like everybody thinks Miles Gaskin is far more superior than Malcolm Brown, mm-hmm. but the Dolphin coaches, for whatever reason, are wanting to utilize Malcolm Brown. You right. know. So regardless of what we think, you know, we have to kind of see how it is from the, the coach's eyes. Um, so I'm a guy that likes situation. I'm a guy that likes somebody that I can um, probably see as probably getting most of the touches. Um, I like when they're in a position where there's not a lot of other players in the room with them. Like if mm-hmm. they're a running back, probably sharing the room with two, three other running backs, not five, six running backs. Um, and that's kind of what got me on Logan Thomas last year. If you were mm-hmm. asking about tight ends, it was one of those situations where I didn't see many other competitors in the tight end room. Um, the guy had a, a unique profile as far as being a former quarterback from Virginia, uh, Virginia tech had speed, had, uh, um, had strength, you know, all he needed was the opportunity and the opportunity was there. Bam, you know, the, and the rest is history. So um, I prefer opportunity, but don't forget talent because when you pay attention to talent, once the opportunity does arise, that then becomes a sleeper.
1: Yeah, I think you brought it, you know, you, you mentioned, you, you, you sort of kind of described it perfectly. Where talent intersects, where optimal talent intersects, optimal opportunity, those guys usually get drafted in the first round. You look mm-hmm. at somebody like C-Mac, Tyree Kill, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, et cetera. Those right. are obvious. But right. then when we start to kind of move down, even when we get to the second round, this is where we start to have the question. And I really kind of wanted to talk about, you know, players in this sense because I think this is really what we battle with. This mm-hmm. is how we decide who has, quote-unquote, upside or, or, who value, is, yeah. or who has yeah. value, et etc. Right. So there are a number of guys who have the talent or we view as talented, but the situation and opportunity – may not necessarily be there. And this right. is at all different levels. We can start off in the second round. Let's take someone like Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. No one is arguing that our Antonio Gibson shouldn't be going in the second round. Okay, I'm not making that argument. You want to take him anywhere in the second round, I'm not going to make that argument. What I will argue, though, is the certainty or this you know, notion that this is for sure, and I know most people aren't saying for sure, but... You know, he seems to be the darling of 2021 as far as having that very, you know, uh, you know, the potential RB1 Mm -hmm. uh, overall upside. And when I see, you know, what his situation looks like as far as having J.D. McKissick on this team, the guy who caught 90 plus passes. Mm -hmm. And we do this in fantasy all the time. We gravitate towards the guy that we want to succeed. So we want J.D. McKissick to go away. We want Peyton Barber to go away. We want Mm -hmm. all these players to go away because we want Antonio Gibson to be that RB1 overall. And then we have something like what we saw in the first preseason game. And And I get it, granted. First preseason game, but we saw him come off a third down. And I understand he got three targets, only ran eight plays. I get all of that. Again, we're not arguing if he should be going in the second round. We're arguing, can he be that number one overall? And in my mind, He would need to be a three down back. We always Mm -hmm. talk about these workhorses, workhorse back. So I'm not saying that that's for sure what's gonna happen or that his role is not gonna expand. Again, that's just a data point. That's just another piece of this four dimensional puzzle, Mm -hmm. but that's something that concerns me. And then you go to a guy like Nick Chubb. That's the guy to me that I've talked about on the show all the time. To me, his talent is at the top. Right. You know, but his situation is less than others. But that's a guy that. Based on his talent, based on that O-line, based on everything that makes him successful, I'm willing to take that challenge. When we get to the mid-rounds, mid a guy that I've been battling with lately because we've seen this wide receiver shift up one to two rounds. And it's yeah. making it very difficult yeah. to get a lot of these guys. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he seems to be there in the sixth round, early seventh round. Remember last year, Kenny Galladay was going in the second round.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Kenny Galladay was everyone's Terry McLaurin and third, C- round, third, third round. round. Yeah. yeah he was everyone's CD lamb and Terry McLaurin. He was supposed to set the world on fire yeah. and we knew the talent was there. Okay. Uh, and by all accounts, by all the metrics, he's a very, very good player. And he has all the attributes of a, a, an elite wide receiver, but we understand what his situation is. Okay. And so that's a guy again, where like, if you're in a large field tournament, uh, he's someone I'm willing to take that shot on, because to me, he again, I don't think that he's going to be Steph Diggs, but I'm using that Steph Diggs comparison from you know someone you, we're just not quite sure about. We know that they're talented, but we don't you know the the, the situation's a question mark. Yeah. But if his situation improves, then that ADP and that value can significantly improve. So yeah. as we talk about guys, I think moving forward, we're always going to bring up this idea of talent versus situation and opportunity and where. Do they fall on those scales? And that should kind of help us out as far as determining, you know, are we getting a player at value or is this a player that we want to target, et cetera.
2: Right, right. You brought up CeeDee Lamb. Have y'all finally caught up to uh, Hard Knocks? No.
0: No. Pay no attention to Hard Knocks.
1: Are y'all just saying
2: that just because it's the Cowboys and we're not supposed to be watching
1: Cowboys? No. Uh, I just—I I literally have never watched Hard Knocks today.
0: In my no, life. I watch Hard Knocks, but I'm not watching
2: the Cowboys. <laughs> I I yeah, gonna... No inches whatsoever. Right? All right.
1: We right. just lost about 30% of our,
0: our viewership. <laughs> All
2: right.
1: No, real quick, uh, just uh-huh. to
0: piggyback off what Abby was saying, a player that you could look at as having a good situation, but maybe we don't totally believe in the talent. Mm-hmm. somebody like Mike Davis, exactly. You know? mm. uh, Mike Davis. I mean, remember this guy started off with this. I don't even know if he started with the C- Seahawks, but I think he was with the Seahawks. He was a third, uh, third, um, third uh, string running back. Mm-hmm. He then went to the Bears. Uh, I think they signed him to be the starter. And lost the job before the yes. season even started. I think that's when they drafted David Montgomery. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Ended up going to the the Panthers, and he was CMax backup, you know. And then he got the opportunity, you know. The rest is history. Um, but prior to, even up since last year, nobody thought Mike Davis was anything special. Uh-huh. Now the guy's being taken in the round four, five, you know, maybe late six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and why is his value that high? Because of his opportunity, you know. Yeah. I guarantee you if the Falcons somehow signed a, a running back that had talent, um, that was any threat whatsoever to Mike Davis, people would be second-guessing um, hmm. that Mike Davis pick. You know, while at the same time, if the Panthers added somebody, nobody's going to be nervous about seeing that. And this is important.
1: And this is important because this is why we always preach stay ready. Mm -hmm. Because none of us were drafting, you know, Miles Gaskin. We're not taking a victory lap because, you know, one preseason game does not dictate or indicate, you know, what the entire season is going to. I I anticipate that Miles Gaskin gets the majority of the carries or the more, you know, profitable carries, you know, as far as receptions and things like that. I'm not saying don't take them, but one reason why we didn't have a lot of Miles Gaskin is because we really took a deep dive into that situation. We looked
0: at the Malcolm Brown signing.
1: You know, even though he's a Jagger, just below average Jag, mm-hmm. uh, we understood that, you know, he's they, someone... also,
0: they also added Carlos High. No, what am I saying? Yeah. Um, they, they, um, Drafted. they added uh, Garrett Doach. Yeah, Doach. Another rookie running back. And, and they have back, Salvin yeah. Ahmed on the you yeah, know, they, roster, you know? They, they, they like put that, in yeah. a waiver claim for carry-on yeah. Johnson mm-hmm. yeah. when the Eagles kind of beat them yeah. to it. So, you can kind of see. Who's
1: that, the, and who and where does this coaching tree arise? Um, Belichick. Yeah, Belichick, right. right, right, you know, right. So, oh, another thing. Running is, back by committee. The, the
0: Broncos traded in front of the Dolphins to draft Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. they knew or they thought, yeah. for whatever reason, the Dolphins were targeting Williams. Yeah. So, so you can kind of see they weren't sold yeah. on Gaskin really being the guy. And this is why I personally
1: don't, you know, buy into this idea of the running back dead zone. I don't just avoid uh, three or four rounds of drafting running backs because historically it's shown to be the dead zone. No, I go by, you look at each running back and you determine, does this guy have a high likelihood of busting? What does his situation look like? What is his talent like? Cause I mm-hmm. guarantee you, if, if, if Gaskins was super talented, I don't care who's back there. I wouldn't be worried, and I would be right. taking him where he's going. He'd probably be going higher if he was tally, exactly because you can so. basically Jonathan Taylor. You know, yeah. if you you know, we saw you know Marlon yeah. Mack looks like he's back. I That's was wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah, Marlon Mack looks like he's back. He's so he you know, but Jonathan Taylor is so much talented that even with Mack, even with Hines, you're willing to take him in the yeah. you know second you know second round for for us. But mm-hmm. you're willing to take him that high because of the talent. So. Mm-hmm. You know, really understanding each situation and those running backs, I wouldn't say just completely ignore them. Take a deep dive in, figure out who you feel comfortable with. Now, now
0: let me add one more thing, and then we can move on. Um, Like I said, I usually prefer the running backs that have more of the situation, you know, the touch opportunity. But the later I get in the draft, especially in FFPC when you start talking about round 16 Mm -hmm. to the end, I'm going with the talent, I'm going with the super Mm -hmm. high upside.
1: That's how I define upside.
0: Yeah, the super, the yeah. super high upside because those mm. are situations where you know whatever uh, thing happens, and then those guys end up being in great situations, and they they already have the talent. So you're you're it's a, again it's like you hit the lotto. You know yeah. you don't want a guy that's not talented that ends up getting the job, and you're not even excited about starting him yeah. because you think he sucks anyway. So yeah. the the late late rounds, I go with the high talent because that for me is upside. Um, but in the mid to late I go with more, you know, situation. Yeah.
2: So, so let's talk about upside a bit, but let's move to the quarterback position. Uh, this last week, I know it's preseason, but we got a chance to get a good look at these rookie quarterbacks. Let's go through, let's evaluate them a little bit. Yeah. Which rookie quarterback really surprised you in a good way and in a bad way?
1: I was very, actually, I don't want to use the term very, uh, but I like what I saw from Zach Wilson. Okay, And we've talked about Zach Wilson on the show, mm-hmm. uh, and I have these, you know, you call it hedging all you want, but it's a contrasting views where I really like the talent of Zach Wilson. I felt like he had the most upside in the draft. Mm-hmm. I felt, you know, I don't
0: like yeah, that flick of the wrist. Throw yeah, that we like. I
1: don't like comparing players. I know people don't like comparing players, uh, and I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or he's going to be Aaron Rodgers. But when I think of, okay you know, just a light comp to give people an idea. Yeah, I was we seeing Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Rodgers yeah. in the type of throws that he was making in his mobility, uh, just in his moxie. I really loved what I saw coming into this year. And we understood the conference, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of, you know, some of the risks that were associated with that draft pick. But I really like what I saw in that preseason game. And he didn't make any big spat, splash plays. We already knew he had arm talent, but I still love the zip that I saw on the ball. I love the accuracy. Mm-hmm. I love that he was not afraid to throw into tight windows. I loved his composure in the pocket. I really like what I saw from the offensive line, both in the pass and the run game. That gave me confidence that this offense can be balanced. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. as a rookie quarterback, mm-hmm. you need to be balanced. It's a little bit of a leap of faith uh, in a first-time OC, but understanding you know who this OC has studied under, mm-hmm. I had some fair of optimism coming in. So when you kind of put all of that together, I'm not drafting Zach Wilson. You know, and I'm talking about redrafts and best ball, you know, anybody's game, especially quarterbacks. But, I have him in a best ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in redraft, I'm not drafting him, but there are pieces in that offense now that before where I would not have considered, now I'm considering. Mm-hmm. You, know, we've, I, you, you, guys know, you guys know I've always been on Elijah Moore. Elijah but, Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Corey Davis – and I'm, I'm not – I still would take Elijah Moore over Corey Davis just because, again, getting back to that talent versus opportunity, yeah. to me, I understand where he was
2: drafted. You okay? can keep sleeping on Corey Davis if you want to. Yeah, Go to ahead. me,
1: what I've seen with my eyes – and this is – I know this is very subjective, okay, mm-hmm. but my own personal grade on Corey Davis is very, very low. Okay. Very, very low. So – that's why I just don't draft Corey Davis. To me, the talent versus opportunity is there's too big of a discrepancy there, too, too, too big a range. So I would prefer a guy like Elijah Moore where he may start off slow, but I feel like his talent will overcome, his ability to separate Mm-hmm. His you know, the rapport that I think he's already building with Zach Wilson, at least based on, Trent, you know, camp reports, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be established. I think, you know, to me, Corey Davis is someone who has a very difficult job of just separating and for a rookie quarterback, he's going to look for that guy. And I think they're going to scheme, you know, Elijah Moore open. But, again, getting back to Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. he was definitely, you know, my favorite, uh, you know, from this uh, past preseason. Mm-hmm. As yeah, yeah.
2: squad as his kept. That receiver room is not that bad. You talking about the Jets? The Jets? No, because no, they still no, got Jamison Crowder bad. too. I like, I like Corey
0: Davis. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I mean, Corey Davis was a top ten draft pick, Yeah, right? yeah first round could, not too yeah, long ago. He, I mean, I know it's been a long time, but he went to the Titans. Who who was their who's the great quarterback they had? Right. What was the great offense assistant they had? AJ Brown was just a beast to me. Mm-hmm. Like he's just an upper echelon receiver. Yeah, but if you so if you talk to Stan, if you
1: talk to people who like, I mean, I think I feel like they're different schools of thought in terms of that draft pick for Corey Davis. Cause like we keep bringing up that he's a first round pick, no, 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 but a I lot of people with, felt like he should not have been a first round pick. I got mm. you.
0: I got you. I'm just saying he ha- he has talent, you know, he has talent. He has the prototypical size and from the preseason, obviously Zach Miller likes to throw him the ball for whatever reason. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. And he was their big off season signing. If you really look at all the yeah, contracts yeah. they gave out, mm-hmm. they gave him the most money. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis. I'm not saying I'm drafting him high. Mm-hmm. I'll take him at value. Um, I'll definitely take him in the best ball. Zach Wilson, I think, is a perfect best ball um, quarterback, so mm-hmm. I like that call. Um, but I like Elijah Moore. I actually still kind of uh, like Jamison Crowder. I don't really know what they're going to do with him because it feels like him and Elijah Moore are the same type of receiver, but we don't know what what's going to happen there. And as far as the other options they have, they have Keenan Cole. They just signed. Mm-hmm. And they have... Denzel Mims, who mm-hmm. they seem like they were not really that high on. They didn't draft him. Remember, that was the old regime. So, you know, I'm not going to hate on Corey Davis. But anyway. But so
2: that's I look- how I feel about Jamison Crowder, though. It seemed like they were willing to let him go they were. if like, he, he didn't to, sign back to, for to, less money. No,
1: Yeah, to me, I think it's not necessarily a knock on Jamison Crowder's talent. I think it's based off of their scheme, they probably didn't see him as a high-value player. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're a team that's running a bunch of, or wants to run maybe a bunch of three, four three wide slots, three receivers. Yeah. yeah, so maybe or even if they do, I don't think they view the slot receiver as the ideal. So I'm, I'm like, I actually see Elijah Moore as a flanker, as the outside wide receiver, and then he can kind of yeah, move around. That. That's that. more what I see Elijah Moore as. I so I feel that. like he will be
0: a starter regardless of the uh, but, formation they run. But Crowder has talent, you know. Yeah, yeah. that We yeah. saw yeah. It just last yeah. year. So you never know what happens. You yeah. know, talent yeah. as long as the opportunities there can show itself. But as far as the question you have with the quarterback. That's
2: what I was going to say Jets fans, we we have given you your top No, no, no. For this He's season. You want stand <laughs> up? Right first, right. Of all, first
0: of all, let me not get on my soapbox too long. But for <laughs> a number two draft pick, yeah. he sure is not talked about anywhere compared to no. the other quarterbacks oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, in no, the
2: first round. No, no. No. The no. number
0: two overall pick, yeah. and there's five quarterbacks, and they talk about right. all other four ones except for him. So let yeah. me talk more about Who that. Who surprised place. you, though? Um, so that's what I was going to say none of them surprised me actually they actually all looked the way I thought they were going to look and I'll take it even further not just those uh, first round quarterbacks but even the Kelly Mons the um, Mm -hmm. Trask and the Davis Mills Mm -hmm. they all look fairly okay too Um, now remember Mons was just dealing with COVID I think he had like four or five days of practice so you know he really didn't have that many reps but he didn't look like he was out of place Kyle Mm -hmm. Trask did okay Davis Mills did okay. Um, And these are all rookies we're talking about. So Mm -hmm. they all looked good. Um, Trey Lance, he had uh, some high plays and he he had some low plays, which is kind of where you would think Trey Lance would be. That's the reason why he's a project, you know. Um, That's the reason he's not starting day one. But you can see what's in there. You know, you can see why they they covered him so much. Justin Fields, you saw that composure. That same composure he saw, I mean, he showed when he was at Ohio State. So you know that wasn't a surprise. Trevor Lawrence, you look like you can kind of see he might have been a little bit nervous, you know. Yeah. Um, but you can also see that once he he kind of settles down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he'll probably be perfect for that for that job there as far as being yeah. in, in in Jacksonville. So all of them look good to me. Mac Jones, we already discussed him. Yeah. He looked pretty good, you yeah. know. Mac Jones. Looked- Actually, if I was to say which one looked the best, I'd probably say it's Mac Jones. Yeah. You know, he didn't run as much.
2: Yeah, Y'all don't like uh, how Justin Fields looked. So yeah,
1: so Justin Fields to me, uh, when he made those plays, number one, the plays that he made, I was not all that impressed with. You know, okay. one of the wide receivers was wide open. The running him. play they, was, they were against
0: backups. The running play wasn't
1: that. It was, there was nothing he Just special. ran to the side yeah. and ran in.
2: I just so, saw flashes that that made me think, okay. I saw, I saw nothing. I saw nothing, and,
1: and, it, and it changes. It doesn't change my ADP whatsoever. That's what I'm saying. Looked it, 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 the it, way it, I thought he would yeah, but I didn't see any. I didn't, but I still, I didn't see the Justin Fields of like you know the collegiate days, or like, oh, that's why they drafted him. Mm-hmm. He looked very average to me. The plays were very average. Again, was, he started to you know exceed, if you want to even say you know use the term exceed against the yeah. backup defense. I was not very impressed with Trevor Lawrence and this changes nothing about his ADP to me. But this is again this is so this is actually one of those situations where you know when we look at talent versus situation cuz I think it's going to surprise a lot of people like you know you know I kind of went off on that you know Trevor Lam- Lawrence is the alternative to the Trey Lance if you miss out. But when I was you know grading uh these quarterbacks coming out of the draft and then going back and watching film, <laughs> I was not one of the ones who felt like Trevor Lawrence was like the easy number one Man overall number mm-hmm. one. No, I did not. I I, I felt like, you know, I, I could see why they would take him as number one. But, you know, I was hearing things that he is, you know, this generational pick. He's like, you know. I didn't Andy see Love. generational pick either. I saw none of that. I yeah. saw none of that. And so, actually, what I saw when I kind of, you know, was reviewing his college tape was basically, you know, at least from an inadequacy standpoint, was kind of what I saw this preseason. Again, this means nothing because mm-hmm. – Number one, the plays that they ran were very vanilla and likely. And I'm 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 fairly confident that Urban uh and Dan Camp, and, and um what's what's the OC's name? Oh, is it no it's not Schonheimer. It's one of those Seahawks. Oh. Yeah, he was with the uh, Detroit Lions. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. Yeah. But I'm I'm fairly sure that they were uh, you know, very vanilla Darren and was it? Yeah, yeah. Bevel. I'm I'm very sure that they didn't show anything. So I'm not really necessarily talking about the plays, but it's you know, even that one play to Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you can pro- that'll probably be the last time he's able to sit in a pocket for six seconds and be <laughs> untouched. What? You know, and, and he, he had and, all day, all day, and he just and it was like it was like he struggled going through the progressions, mm-hmm. and I felt like he locked in on him. And yes, you could see the arm talent there. You know, there was zip on the ball, and it was just you know he was able to get it to Marvin Jones, but you know, didn't really like that. So
0: man, y'all being hard. They're rookies. Again, I know they're rookies. first <laughs> preseason game. What man. I'm
1: saying, though, is like that correlated to what I saw from a college standpoint. Right. But this goes again to the situation – an Opportunity, yeah, you know. So, number one, he's not, you know, he's not running like you know, Justin Fields, but he can run, though. He, but can, but move. he can, run. Exactly. can run exactly, yeah. exactly. But he can run, so yeah. that's what that's one reason why I like them. I also love the offensive weapons there, mm-hmm. so I still am drafting him and still have the same optimism I had before right. that. So, it didn't change anything, right? But in terms of like people who didn't like shock me, yeah, he was one. I will say this, though, uh, the way he locked on to Marvin Jones. Mm-hmm. You damn believe I'm, 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 I like, that, that to me, it did change as far as, you know, how I'm going to be drafting Marvin Jones. And he's been talked about as, you know, you know, definitely, you know, it's one of those situations where everyone's, you know, just take the cheaper guy. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about before, like, I don't, you know, I don't believe in that necessarily. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those situations where, yeah, I'm 100% taking the cheaper cheaper guy, especially given where he's going in drafts. Yeah,
0: y'all know that preseason doesn't do nothing to me. So. I know, we know, we know. <laughs> that we does, we that know. doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, we know. Again, they all look good to me. For rookie quarterbacks, first, first ever game. NFL yeah. experience, None of them looked like they were just, like, backups, totally off. They were playing, is, they were playing but, but, backups. But historically, there's been a lot of instances where these rookies come in the precinct they just don't look good. Yeah, you know, because yeah. they're, it's their first time. You know, the yeah. lights. You know, yeah. they're under the lights. They're on TV. But we felt like this was going to be a good QB class. We did. Yeah. Them, so. And, and so far, they're not disappointed as all I'm No, saying. no. Right, and again, right. what they've done in
1: training camps and OTAs and all the reports we've heard has way more weight and way more precedent than what is going on. You know, in preseason, I think, you know, preseason, especially that first game, I think coaches are really just saying, OK, let's line up appropriately. Let's avoid these stupid penalties. Like, right. let's, you know, let's like let's just get the basics down. Mm-hmm. And I love what I heard from Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. We got to pick up the pace. I felt mm-hmm. like we were too sluggish. I want to move at a quicker pace. Trying I love that. Kelly that was the something. biggest thing that I took from that 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 game. Mm-hmm. We want a quicker pace. Right. Love hearing that from a coach.
2: Yeah. So, we talked about rookie quarterbacks. Let's talk about rookie receivers. I never feel good drafting rookie receivers. How do you guys evaluate rookie receivers, and are you really drafting them? i like, I don't trust a rookie receiver. I'm sorry. I just don't. Each situation
1: is has to be Different. evaluated independently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we always say that. Put everything in context. Yeah. So, the reason Devontae Smith goes where Love he him. goes is because – you know, when you look around at the competition of targets, there aren't many, especially from the wide receiver position. So that's why. And, and obviously, you know, maybe some of the, uh, the, hot, you know, the, the Justin Jefferson, you know, hype uh, or what he did was able to do last year makes people a little bit more comfortable. Right. But then you see guys like Jalen Waddle who, who was drafted ahead of him mm-hmm. go much late. And that's, again, because you're looking at talent versus situation and opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I think you just got to be careful. You know, these are perfect guys to draft late mm-hmm. in drafts. These are lottery picks, in my opinion, because they can their talent can overcome. Like you said, the cream can rise to the top. Right. But then also, you know, they're one injury away from really being relevant. Mm-hmm. And one guy we talked about all the time, Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was one guy that I was very impressed with what I saw. And this is exactly what we talked about. From like day one of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking this, about Rondell Moore, man. This dude. What we, we've been talking about this, you know, for two months now. In terms of how explosive he is, mm-hmm. how I saw them using him. It was one reason why, you know, it, it, was, a, it was a minor reason, but one reason why I wasn't drafting Chase Edmonds uh, is because I felt like Rondell Moore was going you know, to get some touches out of the backfield. Mm. He can be used in that situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so we saw him on reverse or, or jet sweeps. Uh, I really think he's going to play that slot position, yes. that Larry Fitzgerald position. I really think he's got that job. And like I talked about before, this is one reason why I'm so high on Kyler Murray, is because I feel like adding Rondell Moore to that team mm-hmm. is really going to allow that offense to absolutely explode. Yeah, hmm. I
0: like all the rookie receivers, honestly. The ADP might be in question, You mm-hmm. know, like Jamar Chase is going in the fifth round. That might be a – no, he's going in the fourth round. Oh, yeah. Fourth yeah. or fifth, you know, it depends. Um, that might be a question. But I like Jamar Chase a lot. So, you know, hmm. I, I don't mind that pick. at I've liked him for a while. Devontae Smith, I like a lot, you know, where he's going. Um, we spoke about Rondell Moore. Terrence Marshall is looking like a great value where he's going. Um, what other rookie wide receivers came in? Jalen Waddle. Yeah. we're seeing these highlights, you know. I mean, highlights are, you know, the Babe highlights. before his injury. Um,
1: who? Bateman before his end. Bateman
0: was a value. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they were talking about how good he looked in camp. Um, even if you go even later, Diami uh, Brown, mm-hmm. um, Again, uh, you Nico one, Collins. he got
1: one injury away. Yeah, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. Elijah
0: Moore. All these yeah. rookies look like they can contribute. Now, they might not contribute week one. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the past few years in the NFL, these rookie running backs by the end of the season end up just being beasts. Yeah. You know? And this was supposedly one of the, the better receiver classes. In a while. So I like the rookie wide receivers.
1: You just have to be patient when you draft these guys. Just like with rookie running backs, but I think even more so with rookie wide receivers. Especially the ones that are on bad teams. So somebody like a Nico Collins, if you don't feel like you can sit on Nico Collins for six weeks, you know, with knowing that he's the third string, then you shouldn't draft him. I'm drafting Nico Collins because I'm assuming that this Texans team is not going to be in a playoff race. So at some point... In the season, they're going to go from, you know, trying to be competitive in games to trying to evaluate their player personnel. And that especially means their rookies, potentially their rookie quarterback, but especially their rookie wide receiver. Nico has already been getting a lot of buzz in camp. So I really like Nico where he's going because, you know, again, we're not hoping for injuries, but if, you know, we, you know. Cooks is not the most healthiest person, you know. He's, you know he's been healthy the last few years, but anything could happen. He hasn't but been even with, yeah, enough. but even with Cooks, I feel like he could offer uh, quite a bit of value. Oh, the last thing I want to say about Terrence Marshall, mm-hmm. you know, I've been we've been a Terrence Marshall fan. Okay, you've I'm, been a Terrence. Yeah, yeah, I've been a Terrence. Marshall. I'm not saying that he's Curtis Samuel. I don't even think he's Curtis Samuel. The reason I like Terrence Marshall is because I think he's going to line up in the slot. But I, I especially like him because I feel like he could lead that team in the receiving core and touchdowns. I feel like D, you know people always talk about DJ Moore. Oh, because you know, you know the amount of targets he gets, he, you know we have to see some positive TD regression. Well, some of these players just aren't good in the red zone, and some of these teams don't want to target these players in the red zone. So it's not all about, and not always about, oh, this guy gets X amount of targets. That means we have to see TD regression. You can see some teams specifically target guys in the red zone, and some players are built to be targeted in the red zone, and some players are not. So for me, Terrence Marshall, that big body slot wide receiver, I think I really think he could, you know, be a red zone threat. Uh, I will say though, I was not happy to see him get run down on that. You know? <laughs> I was not impressed by that play whatsoever. But to then to see him get run down, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we've seen him like run away from defenders in college. But that was, you know, I think he got like four, four, five speed or something like that. Part I'm of that sure DJ Moore.
0: Way. Before we move on, mm-hmm. yeah, it might be due to the quarterback though.
2: Mm. Okay,
1: so I mean, I'm not. I, I don't have like high hopes for Sam Darnold.
2: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> shit. I
1: just, you know,
2: so. Let's talk about ambiguous backfields, because my guy, Jimmy Williams, on YouTube, this is a shout-out to you. You actually talked about ambiguous backfields, and you wanted us to talk about Miami and the Patriots. But I actually think there's a lot more – there are tons of backfields that are pretty ambiguous. And I know that we talked about it in the group chat. I want to touch on some of those backfields, whether it's the Rams or the Chargers or the Saints – And I know what you're thinking. Alvin Kamara is there with the Saints, but what if Alvin Kamara goes down? I want to talk about some of these backfields, and uh, who do you guys think is the best handcuff to have in the backfield? I know we did a segment last week on handcuffs, but let's talk about ambiguous backfields. Let's start off with Miami, because I know that we touched on that quite a bit.
1: Before we get to Miami, Mm -hmm. let me just mention the Texans real quick. 'Cause I need mm-hmm. to take that L. Okay. Good, good. Pre go preseason should not, you know, you know, it's one just one preseason game, but we've been, you know, we've been kinda hearing some things kinda here and there. Mm-hmm. And we've been constantly talking about it. And Dale's always been draft Phillip Lindsey for draft Phillip Lindsay.
2: So he we went
1: from like, okay, David Johnson Weeks. is a val- yeah, David Johnson is a value in the ninth and tenth round. Tons of
2: Johnson too.
1: Yeah, I've done. The crazy thing is, and I feel bad, and I, feel, I'm, I apologize to everyone out there who <laughs> I was like, to, you know, draft David Johnson. I mean, I have some David Johnson shares, uh, but I have way more Philip Lindsay shares. But I also I also did mention, when you draft David Johnson, because of where Philip Lindsay was going, especially at that
2: time. It was easy to handcuff. Yeah,
1: and, and I didn't even consider it a handcuff, handcuff but I felt yeah. like both were going so late mm-hmm. that I'll just grab one running back from that backfield. So, mm. I'm taking an early L on that. And again, anything can change. David Johnson still getting the third down roll. And when I talked about it, I talked about like they were likely going to be a negative game script. My idea was that, or, or what I envisioned and what I thought, and again, this is where you kind of you know get yourself into trouble with the assumption, was that it was really going to be David Johnson and Phillip Lindsay as the main ball carriers. I felt like Ingram was really going to be kind of in a minor role or mm-hmm. even off the team. Uh, and my, my thought process was that because they were going to be in a negative game script situation, that David Johnson was going to get the majority of the hurry up, you know, the two-minute offense and the third down work. So the reception, which is really what we cared about. And mm-hmm. I felt like he's more the back to be used at the goal line. So I felt like the valuable touches in that backfield were going to go to David Johnson. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, we saw the depth chart news, and we, we kind of already heard about it before. Phillip Lindsey just somehow is my, like, most highest-owned running back, by the way. Right good. Now. Wow. <laughs> Very good. But, but even then, like, I'm at the point right now, especially because I'm anticipating Philip Lindsay's ADP rising, I won't be drafting any Texas running back mm-hmm. now because we have to, you know, or at least early on. Right now, there's the assumption that Mark Ingram is a co-starter with Phillip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing those two split the first, you know, the early down work, and then David Johnson coming in for the third down work. You know, two I can deal with; three is too much for me. Yeah, so
0: yeah, I still taking like the, I'm taking yeah, I'm taking the all on that. I, I, you know, obviously, I got a lot of Lindsay. I've been trying yeah. to to everybody to draft as much Lindsay as possible. Um, to me, other than what I heard and all the... Because, again, you know, we have our personal beliefs as far as talent. But, again, like we mentioned earlier today, it doesn't matter. It's all about what the coaches care about. To me, the best pure runner out of the three was Phillip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. saw what David Johnson has looked like in these last two years. And if you talk about a, a player that looks broken, I mean, David Johnson, when he's in the backfield running the ball, he just... Him and produced.
1: Him and Gurley with two guys. We didn't. Yeah, want to draft. It, it just, we, did. we, we were not it drafting Just was not happening year.
0: whatsoever. Yeah. Um, he looked slow getting out the blocks. Yeah. Um, he wasn't breaking tackles. Um, he did look good when he was catching the ball. Yeah. You know, coming out the backfield or or, or lining it out. Why? Um, but as far as far as just being a running back, and I've always been under the assumption that this Texans team wants to run the ball a lot more. Um, so if you bring in the type of players they brought in Ingram, they they actually brought him in Ingram first before Lindsey was available. Hmm. Lindsey was tagged. I don't know if it was the transition or the franchise tag by the Broncos. So he wasn't even available. But then during the offseason, at one point, they took the tag away from him. The off- mm-hmm. Once they rescinded the offer, the Texans ended up signing Lindsey. So they signed or Lindsey wasn't even available when Ingram was signed. So who's to say? If Lindsey was available from the jump, they probably wouldn't even have signed Ingram, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even think they restructured David Johnson's contract by that time period. So they still brought this guy in. Again, for me, he's the best pure runner. And I was hearing the reports even as far back as OTAs as far as him getting um, those first team reps. So so he was always a value. Where he's going now, I still don't think people believe in the Texans. If he's going in, the, if he's going eleventh, twelfth, I mean, yeah. even the tenth,
1: depending on how your team is started, if he's going, but if, he, if he's going there, then yes, draft. I, I, him. I
0: still think. Draft I him. think he's still going to be available there, be, available there because I still think yeah. people are not going to really yeah. feel like drafting a Texans running back because you know? think about it. Number one, again, and I think this is like
1: a little trick that I use for. I'm gonna call this ba- a bad team, a non-playoff team. Let's, mm-hmm. let's use that term, a non-playoff team. We going to the playoffs, <laughs> okay? Yeah, but sure. that back half of the season. That's when they get into player evaluation mode, especially (laughs) in a rebuilding franchise, you know, whether we want to call them rebuild or not. But that's when they get into player franchise mode. So these veterans, it could be the littlest thing. It's going to be you're sitting out this week, Mm -hmm. maybe two weeks. Okay, And again, Ingram and David Johnson are already older backs anyway. Right. So over 30, both exactly. Of them. So if you can get Lindsay in those double digit rounds, and I guess now's the time to do it. And you know, we've, we've mentioned Lindsay before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So you should have been getting him anyway. I'll take a partial L. <laughs> I'll,
2: take a L I'll take the poor. I'll take the
1: L. But uh, yeah, if you can get Lindsay now, just again, he's one of those guys you just kind of hold on to. Cause all it's going to take is one of those guys to be removed from the equation, mm-hmm. okay? And now you got your Philip Lindsay that you had in Denver Broncos, and he was being drafted a lot right. earlier than
0: the 11th and 12th. And round. all those guys do have injury concerns. Yeah, they so, all got injury listen. concerns. Now, as far as the other ambiguous backfields, you have your—you mentioned the, the Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots so, yeah, for a second. The guy I'm high on, and we've talked about him already on the show, mm-hmm. Damien Harris. Mm-hmm. Who I didn't watch the game, but you were high on him early too. Yeah, yeah, but apparently, I guess people. Felt like whatever happened in the game made his value improve because mm-hmm. I'm seeing all these tweets as far as rocket ships up, you know, the stock market graph going up. True. Something happened in that game. I, don't I love that emoji. Bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't, so, Damian Harris that. is there. Uh, Sonny Michelle is still there. And that's a guy everybody mm-hmm. expected to be moved mm-hmm. at some point. Or if cut. not made the team. Um, but he's still moving. Now, with that being said, it doesn't make sense for for them to move him, though. Because if Damien Number one, Damian
1: Harris hasn't been the most healthiest back. But if Damian Harris goes down, then who's filling his spot? Don't well, they, tell me well, Ramondre...
0: They, they have other guys. They have other guys. And I haven't, they I, have
1: other guys, but not other guys that play that early down role. Actually, they
0: do. They do. I haven't got to him yet, but they do. Don't say Ramondre um, Stevens. I'm not going to say him. But <laughs> um, Sony Michel... But here's the thing with Sony Michel. He was playing into the third quarter of that Patriots preseason game. Mm-hmm. Usually a guy from historically in preseason game that I've seen, guy that's typically... In the plans for the team, as far as being a, a high-end player, is not playing into the third quarter. You right. know? It's not like he's a young rookie or anything like that. But anyways, they have him. They have James White. Mm-hmm. But the other guy they have, and they talked about it. Or I talked about it on the show I was in on the Go District yesterday with Shelly. Um, they have J.J. Taylor. He's a small guy, though. J.J. Taylor. He's a special team he's guy. He's small as in height. He's not small as in he he, he, as is in size. Not, he is not an in-between attack. He is not gonna but, be he's he not was, gonna replace Damian Harris. He was running that way last year, and they gave him a lot of carries. They gave him a fair amount of carries. All I'm saying is he's, he's there. Scat he's that back He's there. He's there. He's not a passing down back. But
1: what I'm saying is that like the, I think the reason that they're not just giving away Sonny Michelle is because they want a legit RB two.
0: Okay. I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying there's, Backup there's, running back. There's guys there. And then yeah. of course there's Ramondre Stevenson who he ran a long play, I guess. I think that touchdowns. literally at the end of the game. Um, like did not did not even matter. I did, that was yeah, like consequence. So, so um, yeah, he's but, there. So the guy for me is still Damian Harris. I'm not wavering. I mean, y'all know y'all know me. Nothing in this preseason can happen that's going to really sway what I, I yeah. see in anything. So so that's that. Now yeah. well, I mean let me, yeah, let me say so
1: It also didn't change anything for me because yeah. also who we saw playing with the first team was James White. Mm-hmm. And James White has been the forgotten man and he's like one of the last running backs drafted. Is in he a lot I of think drafts. he's
0: still being taken like
1: well, I mean, you know, 13th? Okay, round I maybe. Seen, you know what I mean. He's yeah. he's going no, he's going later than that. Really? Yeah, way yeah, I thought he's going okay. way later than that. So he's playing with the first team. And then again, if you're looking at Mac Jones starting, well, now you got a non-mobile quarterback. Mm-hmm. And again, this is why I'm so high on DeAndre Swift. When you have a non—and when I mean non, when I say non-mobile, I don't just mean non-mobile. They're, they're like a you know the Konami codes. I also mean like non-mobile in the pocket. Some quarterbacks can really move in the pocket. They may not run, but they can really move in the pocket. Right. Stafford is kind of like that. He wants to be a throwing quarterback, but he can move in the pocket. Maybe he scramble a little bit here or there, mm-hmm. but he really moves in the pocket because he's mm-hmm. really looking downfield. But when you have a non-mobile quarterback, they're gonna sit in the pocket for a little bit, and if their reads aren't there. Dump it down, especially in this offense. So James White, you know, I think has is, is just been a value uh, in drafts. And, and that's one reason why I don't have a lot of Damian Harris. And it's, it's yeah. just a, it's, it's a personal preference when it comes to drafting. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that he's not a value in the 8th to ninth to 10th round. But he's not the type of running back that I'd like to draft on my team. He has value. And if I'm in a pinch, if I go 0 RB or what, what have you, et cetera, or he like falls to – Round 10, yes, I'm going to take him, and maybe I'll use him here or there. But he's not the running back that I'm like, okay, yeah, I want that guy as my RB,
0: two. I think you're sleeping on Damian Harris, man.
1: I just want – I I, think I, I, want, be <laughs> on I want a running Harris. back that's not just going to run on first and second down. I want a I running back that's going to be able to catch passes.
0: I'm not sure. I believe he's going to only be a first and second down running back, personally. Okay. But, but I mean – So oh, that means that offense
1: would have to literally change everything that they've done
0: I mean, for they, the last decade. They, they kind of have to. I mean, they, they're bringing in a new quarterback. I mean, Cam – how do they have to? They don't have to. Brady's gone. The offense to me was Brady. Everybody knows. Okay, so Mac Patriots Jones offense, is Brady. The pa- Matt
1: Jones. No, stop. Matt Jones? No, no. I mean, it, it. I mean, he's the replacement. No, no, no. No, no. Brady. He's the replacement. Not from a talent top- no, no, standpoint. Nobody's a, is a
0: true replacement for Brady. We all know that. Brady is his own offense. You know. Look, so what, what I'm not is.
1: saying that his talent is anything like Brady's. What I'm saying is that they brought in Mac Jones. Mac Jones is more like Tom Brady than Cam Jones is. Not from a talent standpoint. Cam Newton. Than Cam Newton. Not from a talent standpoint, but I'm talking about from a standpoint of how they run but that for offense. Me,
0: that, uh, for me, Damien Harris's value is higher with Mac Jones and with Cam. Yeah, ben. I agree with that. Yeah. That yeah. I agree, so, with. So that that's I agree actually, with. That's actually a good that thing. I agree with. Oh, So that's the Patriots ambiguous backfield. Yeah. Well,
2: well, what what you, about the Jets?
0: Okay, so the Jets. Ooh. So yes. y'all know. Yeah, we well, I never. Mean, we haven't been on. We haven't really been on. I guess I'm always just in the minority with these. Um, that's mm-hmm. why you got to put it on, on tape, because no, they I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, you got to put it on wax. They don't know. But we know. We know. You know yeah. For a long time, I've been on Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even remember why. I think it's because I was saying that he came from the 49ers, which is the new OC for the Jets. That's where they came from. The head coach yeah. came okay. from the yeah. 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the veteran. Um, yeah. They paid him an okay amount of money. He still has tally. He just has been injured. Um, so I've been on Tevin Coleman. But the other guys there is Michael Carter. And that's the guy that everybody's try- trying to draft. You know, mm-hmm. he's going in the sixth, seventh round. Mostly seventh. I think yeah, sixth or seventh it. round. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the target for most people. Most people, um, they're really high on Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. Really, really high. And we've talked about him already a little bit. That yeah. we're not as high on him. Or I don't know if yeah. you change your mind. Um, no,
1: I I like his talent. Yeah, uh, no, talent but yeah, I don't
0: I don't like that situation. Yeah,
1: because I felt like and even going to the preseason, I felt like Ty Johnson looked pretty damn good. Uh, Ty and, Johnson, and when Ty Johnson's in a running back by committee, he can look good for a long period yeah. of time. Mm-hmm. Ty, Ty Johnson
0: yeah. was drafted by the Lions last year, maybe or maybe the year before. Super fast. Yeah, yeah. like I think oh, he yeah. was one of the he fastest guys in, in his combine. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but he was waived by the Lions and picked up by the Jets midseason last year. Um, so he's just another just cog in that room. Mm-hmm. And then they still have LaMichael Pirine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I keep
0: and I hear random, you know, just positive
2: drumbeats
0: about Pirine. Drum really? Yes. Hmm. He's, he, he went to the University of Florida. He's Samaj yeah. Pirine's cousin, yeah, 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 I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got a little burn last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have Josh Adams. I don't know if mm. y'all remember Josh Adams. Oh, yeah, I yeah, remember Josh yeah. Adams with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, yeah He gave me some big, good weeks. Big dude. Yep. They still have him there for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and they might even have another guy that we're not even mentioning. So they just have all these pieces. They might be a full-blown committee. Yeah. A full-blown committee. Now, I will say, from things I've seen and read, Coleman is getting a lot of first-team reps. Mm-hmm. He, he has have, been. So. And he didn't play. In this game, and Coleman and he's is a veteran. You can draft real late, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So if you want to bet or use the stay ready bet, you know, ability, we're probably going to say Tevin Coleman. You know, no, uh, in terms of who to draft, yeah,
1: I, I'm not drafting Tevin. I, I, I started. I, I I believe what you said. Yeah. I understood what you said, but it came down to the talent. So
0: you draft a Michael Carter in the 6th in i
1: I've just not. I've not seen Tevin Coleman exceed, or sorry, uh, I've not seen him succeed. In this zone blocking scheme. So you're
0: drafting Michael Carter in six? No, no, I'm, I'm not. So no, who are you drafting? Me. I'm not drafting any of them. If, 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 but, if,
1: if, but, if, if I had if to pick one, draft. I would Ty Johnson. Or maybe Michael Carter if he <laughs> fell to the seventh. You're range. not drafting Ty Johnson, man. You're I've not, drafted Ty Johnson before. You're not drafting Ty Johnson. <laughs> I've drafted Ty Johnson
0: before.
1: You are not drafting ty i have drafted ty johnson before you did not watch the game.
0: Did the, the game sway
1: you that much? It didn't sway me. I've always... I've, I've, if, if, if you would have asked me this question three weeks ago, it would have been Ty Johnson. Really? For a second, it was Tevin Coleman, because you got me after Tevin Coleman. But then I Ty remembered, Johnson. you know, okay, I've seen <laughs> Tevin Coleman play plenty of times. And, and I'm not saying Tevin Coleman's a bad player. I just, you know, I've not seen him succeed in his offense. And he's had all the opportunity. Okay, but before this
0: game past game this weekend, you're telling me you were targeting or you had an eye on, on Ty Johnson.
1: I probably have more Ty Johnson. I definitely have more Ty Johnson than I have uh, Michael Carter. Really? I don't really have a lot of them, though.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm not targeting any of them. Okay, okay. But yeah. What was the other team you were mentioning?
1: Well,
2: oh,
0: you said Miami too, right? Right, right, right. So but let's didn't talk, we talk about, about them already.
2: We, we kind of did, but. I mean, Miles Gaskin is going kind of high for a well, guy that looks going like he's late. a yeah, he's change to of pace. A I'm,
1: in a, I'm in a main event right now, uh, and we are going into the eighth round. I want to say mid-eighth, and he's still on the board. He's still, oh, he's wow. Still, wow. He's still he's still available.
2: He was going a lot higher than that earlier he in was. this draft season. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. But people yeah. were
0: still searching for a running back.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: You know,
0: especially the people that went zero running back. Yeah. They were still searching for some kind of starter that can give yeah. them, you know, at least points every week, at least mm-hmm. one. The problem it was was, it was yeah it was that same deal
1: where like we don't we we want this guy to succeed so we're just gonna completely trash this other guy right like we're just gonna say Malcolm Brown is a nobody Mm -hmm. don't worry about him this is my but the problem is is Gaskin okay he was okay last year he was good. But his talent is not on the level, you know, where he can just, you know, or he has that job dominate. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Or where, you know, where where offensive coordinator is going to say, okay, yeah, this is your backfield. Right. They
0: don't owe him anything. Yeah. People, when, you, for me, when I look at these every year when these drafts come around, I always look at these players that a year prior we were not drafting. Mm-hmm. Or nobody even really knew who they were. Yeah. That's who Miles Gaskin was. Nobody was drafting Miles Gaskin yeah. last year. You know, Miles Gaskin. Um, I don't remember who the Dolphins they had Jordan Howard last year. I think mm-hmm. they had somebody else, like, Howard, yeah. back there.
1: Um, and Jordan Howard was not a fan, uh, or the uh, OC at the time uh, was not did a like fan. Him. He did not like him. Yeah. He didn't. He did not feel like yeah. he felt he fit his system, which yeah. is why they really didn't use him. Mm-hmm. So there was a situation that was created where basically there was not you know a Malcolm Brown there, and it mm-hmm. was really just gasket.
0: Right, right. So he just kind of just kind of fell into that position. He thrived to some extent, yeah. but he he wasn't a guy that they picked up specifically to be their main back. Yeah. So we mentioned it already. They signed Malcolm Brown. He was one of their first signings, and I heard the coaches talk about how they liked the way he looked when the Rams played the Dolphins last year as far as how he was running and pass blocking. Mm-hmm. So they favored him to some extent. You have um, the Garrick Dokes. We talked about him already, um, who's a rookie who actually looked pretty good. He was a you know, one of the higher ranked running backs in the draft. He didn't go high. It was a seventh round pick, but he was there. Um they wanted to get Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. They um they still have some Savon Salvan Ahmed or whatever. Savan Salvin Ahmed, Ahmed. Savan, Achmed. Savan, Savan Achmed. Achmed, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's other players there that just kinda just Man, kind of mess around with those touches
1: this team wants to pass and they want to pass down the field okay? yeah. and their
0: offensive line is not that great it's either.
1: not that great so I think the reason that they, you know Malcolm Brown is like going to be getting a lot of this work is because he's going to be pass blocking a lot mm-hmm. so I think you know and that's just not you know a skill set or where uh you know, Malcolm Brown is succeeds. another
0: guy I was mentioning a long time ago mm-hmm. to tell everybody that kind of. We, we gave it. you credit on that already. <laughs> <laughs> did, we, did we talk about
1: Jags
2: already? We did. We did. No, we did not no, talk, no, about we did we talk about the Jags backfield. Did we talk about the No, we didn't yeah.
1: talk about the Jags backfield. Okay. All right. This is where. No, I mean, yeah. it's, it, no, okay. it's We've just talked one, about the Jags it's before, one, though. It's, one, it's just one preseason game, okay?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I literally just. I really don't want much of Travis Etienne in the fourth round. Okay. I really don't even want him in the fifth round. Okay. Is he going in, in the fourth? High. He's going in the fourth or fifth. I think wow. he, you know, especially for people who 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 go zero RB, okay. Because they think you know, the talented guy, you know, Percy Harvin role, receptions, et cetera. he's like I think the perfect zero RB target. But I see him going in the fourth round or at the very least early fifth. And Whether you want to look at depth charts, whether you want to look at beat reporters, whether you want to look at the first preseason game, whether you want to even listen to coach speak, everything has basically said and shown that James Robinson is going to be the lead running back. But that also, like you mentioned before, Carlos Hyde is going to get some touches as well. And then Travis Etienne is going to be kind of mixed in here or there not as a third down back, okay? He's not going to be the third down back. Mm-hmm. So his touches are going to have to be designed, but how many design touches is he going to get, you hmm. know, from a standpoint is of him being fantasy viable? I just cannot touch him in the fourth round. Yeah. I, want, I don't even want him in the fifth round, to be quite honest. I, I have one to two shares just to say, okay, you know, just in case. But I think people view him as, you know, people view him in the same light of Javante Williams, and I wouldn't, rather have Javante Williams if we talk about Broncos backfield. I'd rather have Javante Williams because people view him as that running back that, okay, you know, you just got to be patient, and then towards the end of the year, he's going to take over the, uh, the lead job. I don't see it that way at all. Mm-hmm. I think he has a role, and that is his role for this year. And I even think, again, he was one of those guys where I've said it before and I'll say it again, like I was not impressed by his college tape. Mm-hmm. Okay, he was in a very good offense. Running through wide open lanes, he had a very athletic quarterback who was running RPOs. Teams were worried about the pass game, and they were worried about the quarterback specifically. They, you know, and so he was either, you know, uh, you know, one on one with linebackers, uh, or just, you know, in open space. Where well, yes, in open space against a linebacker, he's going to be able to do some great things. Yeah. And if they can scheme and they make him a focal part, maybe he'll have some value from that standpoint. But. There are a lot of talented pieces in this offense, and this is the NFL. So, you know, drafting him in, in a fourth round to me is just is, – it's t- is, is hard to swallow.
2: Yeah, so you wanted to also talk about the Saints backfield as an ambiguous backfield.
1: I did. Oh, no, you did. No, I
0: didn't mention the Saints. Somebody put no, it
2: no, into the group We can, too, we can talk
0: about it if y'all okay. want, but I didn't mention okay. – to, to me, it's not really that ambiguous. Kamara is the guy. Kamara is the guy. Like, he's the guy now. If you want to talk about the depth behind him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: everybody – Right now, is under the assumption it's going to be Latavius Murray. And I say it as if it's not, but it most likely will be Latavius Murray. But there's a few things you just have to kind of be aware of. Number one, the Saints do have an out in that Latavius Murray contract. Latavius Murray is older, 31 or 32 years old. Um, he doesn't have a great, great skill set. He's a bruiser. He's strong. Okay speed, but it's not something that you can't replace one way or another. They just added Devontae Freeman, who was somebody who in two years ago you would look at as more talented than Latavius Murray. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to get rid of or move on from Latavius Murray. That's all I'm really saying. Um, I, would be, I would be shocked. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I would be shocked. Um, the guy that was there that I had my eye on for a while was Stevie Scott. He played college. He's a rookie from Indiana. They actually just waived him, um so I guess ignore that guy, but the other guy they're talking about this week is this Tony Jones guy that um he looked pretty good when we were here on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We were seeing him kind of run a little bit, so he looked pretty good um and again, Devonte Freeman's there. They're not going to keep all of those running backs. Somebody's got to go
1: I think I think uh both Latavius and Freeman
0: remain on the roster, so they might get rid of tony jones but but yeah. all I'm saying is with that out. You know, NFL is still a business. Mm-hmm. People are trying to save money. Yeah. And Kamara, they just paid Kamara last year. Mm-hmm. So he's making a good amount of money. Do you want to invest all that money in Kamara and then still pay Murray when you can get rid of him, still get that same production as a yeah. backup? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints do it. Now, with that being yeah. said, I don't think it's ambiguous at the moment. We right. know what it is.
1: Yeah. This is. This is why I think Latavia stays on the roster, okay? Uh, I think that they are really going to harp on running the ball and having their running backs be involved significantly in the pass game. I don't really see Kamara getting more carries or significantly more carries because he's just not that type of running back. And Mm -hmm. they want to keep him fresh. This team still has playoff aspirations. So I think that they just didn't have somebody that was behind uh, Latavius Murray and they wanted depth. Understanding Mm -hmm. that Michael Thomas is hurt. Drew Brees is no longer there. That they may be more run heavy. They needed depth. We had an, remember we talked we always we talked about this a couple of times. There's an additional game this year. Yeah. We can't we can't underestimate that. And I think coaches and teams understand that that we can't you can't just run your teams and your or your run your players into the ground. Mm-hmm. So having that depth there, I think is important. So I think that's what Freeman provides is depth at that position. Now who's, you know, do Latavius and Freeman split carries? Like, that's up in the air, you know, who knows? So to me, Latavius is less of that, okay, you know, yes, you know, let's target him as one of the higher-priced uh, handcuffs. But the other thing that I think went under the radar was that I think there was a comment or a quote, and I can't remember if this was from the coach or the beat writer, but they mentioned that one of the reasons they brought in Freeman is because they had to take Ty Montgomery and move him to wide receiver. That hmm. reduced their depth at the running back position. And if you watch that preseason game, Ty Montgomery was running with the first team and he was running real receiver routes. Hmm. And he was running out of the slot. And he was and they were short routes, underneath routes, and there were intermediate routes. You know, he ran one down the seam. Okay. I don't know what Ty Montgomery's designation is. I'm not mm. saying start drafting Ty Montgomery now, not but if his, <laughs> but listen, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, if Ty Montgomery has a running back des- designation, just keep an eye on it, okay? Just keep an eye on it because they still haven't brought in anybody of significance. Who did they bring in just recently? Uh, what's his name? Receiver Kevin White. Kevin White, you know, failed first round pick. That's again, you know, people always want to bring up. Well, this guy was a first round pick. Mm-hmm. This dude was dropped drafted top ten overall, mm-hmm. as amounted to the absolutely yeah, zero. though. I mean, you know, yeah. even he's came back from injuries, he still yeah. hasn't done anything. You know, he's been on plenty of teams. <laughs> so, but either way, they brought you know, they brought in Kevin White. They have a bunch of you know, so for Ty Montgomery to be running with the first team, and remember, this team has always been kind of high on Ty Montgomery. You know, just from a you know player standpoint, they went out and got him. So, I'm just saying, you know, again. Don't draft Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, only yeah. because from a running back standpoint, if you're going zero RB, you never know. If he ends up being their slot receiver, because who's their slot receiver right now?
0: Still don't draft him. Anyways. <laughs> um, again, Let's talk don't about, be surprised Murray leaves. What was yeah. the, what Let's talk team?
2: about one more team, though. Okay. Tampa Bay. Because I don't know what to do with Tampa Bay. I mean, Ronald Jones. Is it Leonard, For, Leonard Fournette? They just got Gio. Like, I'm going Gio.
0: Yeah, this was as I'm soon as they Gio. signed Gio, this yeah. this question was answered. Easy. Really? E- yeah. yeah. We've Easy. never had which is hmm. why we literally the
1: only person we drafted is Gio. <laughs> Gio yeah. I only
0: have I have no Rojo had, or, or Zero. Commit. Zero.
1: Hmm. And that's hard. To not have a share of a, a, a certain player, mm-hmm. especially drafted in that mid tier round, that's hard. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have zero.
2: So you guys think Gio is gonna own that backfield? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. He's
1: getting the passing He's down. The most valuable one then. Yeah, I expect him to get the two minute work. Uh, the third mm-hmm. down work. And remember, we've seen James White operate in the red zone and at the goal line. The mm-hmm. We offense. know that yeah. Brady runs quick, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. So if it's a third down and Gio's in there and they convert and Brady's like, let's go, let's go, Gio's staying on the field. Yeah. They get in the red zone. He's not calling the timeout to say, let's get this bruiser in. Yeah. No, he will run that offense. Gio can run through Ge- the middle yes. of the whole... Um, yeah. people forget... Go back and look at, go back and look. You know what? Go back and look at Gio's uh, the uh, when they played the Pittsburgh Steelers towards the end of the season. Go back and just that game's on YouTube. Go back and look at that game, and that'll give you everything that you need to know. Well, that was just last year. What mm-hmm.
0: round is um, Gio going in right now? So i probably you, say you, like, I think he just had a board up. Uh, yeah. Let me see, 13th to 14th round. Because when I was taking him, I was getting real late. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, Geo yeah. so went weeks. in
2: the 13th. It kind of went up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah That's like 16, like, 17, yeah, 18. Yeah, it's really yeah. late in
0: the draft. so um, Which is where we're getting certain players right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these boys are crazy, man. I'd say yeah. these boys are crazy. It's definitely in front so Yeah, yeah. These, these boys are crazy.
2: So let's hop back to quarterbacks for a second. Speaking of ambiguous backfields, let's talk about an ambiguous quarterback position. Who are you guys taking to win this Denver quarterback? Have uh, we not spoken on this already? We have not spoken about Ah, uh, it's only Dem- been our group chat. Yeah, we have you. not spoken I got about you. I got you. the Denver well, quarterback still guys, battle.
0: I'm still on my guy.
1: I'm still on my guy, but the preseason didn't change any of that. Uh, nothing that's come out of the camp as far as reports and, you know, who's doing well. Like, really, uh, this seems to be a, you know, kind of a, a coin flip in terms of who wins this. The reason I think it's Teddy Bridgewater is because I feel like he does a better job of running the offense the way that they want it, and I feel like this defense is going to be extremely strong. It's one of the defenses that I target late in drafts. I think that they are going to excel, and I think they want a quarterback back there that's not going to turn over the ball. They have, from what I, you know, when I, the one thing that I did take away from that preseason game is that they have a very, very good offensive line, okay? Mm-hmm. From a standpoint of just they just seem to just work and gel very well together. Uh I love their outside outside uh zone scheme. Javante Williams, again, is a guy that I wasn't super high coming out, and I wasn't like, you know, amazed at what he did, but he looked very, very good coming out of the uh, you know, uh, you know, coming out of the gate in his first preseason game. So I think it's a team that's really gonna want to run the ball, is gonna want to win with defense, and is gonna want a quarterback that's not gonna turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So that's why. I'm going Teddy Bridgewater. And he looked mm. good. He looked really good. He made some very, very good throws. And people don't,
2: you know, Teddy Bridgewater's
1: a little bit mobile. I think he had like four or five touchdowns, rushing touchdowns safe, last dude. year. Mm. Dude, Teddy's
2: pretty safe.
0: Yeah, he everybody used that term safe. safe, but I mean, he he is safe. But he he looked very good in terms of running that offense. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the Drew Locke guy. Yeah. I always have been. I just think Drew Locke is way more talented. I don't think Bridgewater is actually very good. I think he's a game manager. He's smart. Yeah. He's cerebral as far as the quarterback play. Um, As far as his his, uh, physical capabilities, I I do think he's lacking. Um, And, you know, you made the comment, you know, with the type of team they have as far as being strong on defense um, and the other type of the the way they've constructed their team, they want a a guy that's not going to mess it up. But the way I see it is in that division, they're in the same division as the Chiefs. So they're seeing Mahomes. um, They're seeing the Chargers with Herbert. And um, who's the other? They're seeing the the Raiders in Las Vegas. Chargers are uh, Raiders. All, they're, they're seeing these teams that can put up points. And for me, if you're going to compete with those teams, you ne- you need to also put up a high amount of points. And for me, that's Drew Lock for them. Um, like you said, there's nothing that's happened in the preseason or or even this off season that's kind of swayed me more on luck or or, or lock or less on lock. Uh, I do think when it's all said and done. Um, he's just going to show he's a superior talent. And if he doesn't show he's a superior talent, um, number one, um, that's totally disappointing with Locke, you know, because he has the, the opportunity right in front of him. But number two, I'm not as high in, on all their, their skill players. You hmm. know? So um, that's kind of how I see it.
2: All right. That was a quick one. Um, I do want to go to our last topic of the night. We've talked about quarterbacks ad nauseum. We talked about running backs. Um, I want to go back to tight ends for a second. Who's the best tight end not named Kels? And, yes, I'm saying it on purpose.
0: That's the way you say it.
1: Yes,
2: Kels?
0: Respect that man's name. <laughs> I, think, I honestly think he was joking. I Waller? I think he was serious.
2: Or Kittle?
0: Out of those three, who's the best?
2: No, no, not named those three. Who's the best tight end in the you mean, so who's like ranked
1: four?
0: Talent yeah. or situation? Okay.
2: Who's, the, who's next on your board on tight ends? And, Dio, I want to go to you first because you are a tight end whisperer. So, who talent are you taking? Because
0: talent wise, I think it's Who picks. are you drafting number
2: four? Who are you Pitch. drafting number I'll
0: four? Take number, the way the board is
1: going now. No, no, no. Who are you drafting in a vacuum? Who are you drafting number four? Who's going to produce? Who do you think is going to produce the most at the, towards the end of the year?
0: Um, out of those two, I would take, uh, I say those two, but Hawkinson. Okay. So mm. say, okay. Yeah, Hawkinson's my guy. Okay. Why? Um, I do think he's very talented. Very, very talented. I think he. And George Kittle even said it himself. Um, coming out of Iowa, uh, Kittle said hockey was better than him. They both went to the same college. They trained together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Kittle had high praise for him. Um, he, he's a guy that can stay on the field because he can also block very well. He has a size. Um, Situation-wise, he is the number one option. I'm assuming this, but from the way things look right now, he's the number one, the main Maybe you can even say the only option in the passing game. They're in trouble for for the, the line. You know. <laughs> um and and I think he can he can beat any any anything, you know, as far as any kind of defense, whether he's double team, covered by a safety, covered by a linebacker. I think he can beat anybody. And then the type of quarterback he has, he doesn't have a quarterback that can really throw deep um often or or really just kind of gunsling. So he, he has a type of quarterback that's more so gonna kind of find the medium range of the field type plays. Um so for me, Hawkinson is the fourth ranked in fantasy Hmm. tight end. Talent wise though, I do think it's Pitts. Pitts to me is is honestly a wide receiver in the tight end um mode. Um but Pitts is not the number one option for the for the Falcons. It's gonna be Calvin
2: Ridley. So Hmm. maybe even Russell I mean maybe even uh Gage. But Russell Gage. Yeah. But number yeah, four so tight end, it's definitely not
1: Hawkinson. I you know, <laughs> I again, I, I guess I'm gonna die on this hill. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on tape. It's been on tape multiple times now, and I understand no, everybody's I say, on. I,
2: say
1: this again. I, I understand everybody's on Hawkinson. I just I cannot get there. What I've seen from a standpoint of like him being like in the potentially Waller Kelsey Kittle breakout as a receiving tight end, I've just not seen it. So I, who are you on? I've the not seen
0: question was, who are you on? I just want to say why I'm not on that guy. It wasn't, wasn't Bash
1: Hawkinson. And, it's not bashing Hawkinson. But I, think, okay. I, also think, I also think, too, that like we're going a little bit overboard with the Detroit Lions receiving corps. I understand they're not great. I understand that. I understand that. They're not as bad as Saints. Mm-hmm. Saints got the worst receiving yeah. corps I think <laughs> they can probably compete for that title. Yeah, but Tyrell, you know, don't be surprised if Tyrell has more targets. Okay, I wouldn't be shocked if Tyrell has more targets. OK, I know Bashar Perriman has shown in the past, but I, I, I think that ship has sailed. OK, unlikely. Uh, but I think their running backs, you know, with the combination of Swift and Jamal Williams, uh, you know, see a significant amount of targets. And I think I do think Hawkinson Hock, gets the targets, but I just think they're like I don't think in terms of him, like being a game changer or someone like you want to, like, build your offense around mm-hmm. around. I don't think he has that receiving skill set.
3: OK, so who he's a on? great
1: tight end. So, who are you on? <laughs> this
3: is like, you're going long on I, Hawkinson, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Yeah. Hawkinson. Who yeah, are I you? Don't.
2: Number four.
1: I mean, I would have to say Pitts, okay? Uh, where just because this is a situation you where... You think he's the,
0: the number four. Like, when the season's over, he's going to be fourth.
2: Not about where side you're side drafting him yet. Yeah, when, when the season is season over, gonna you think he's going to be... I think it'll side. be Mark
0: Andrews. Okay.
1: I think we okay. maybe see a resurgence from Mark Andrews. But, I mean, I, if I had to bet, I would put Pitts, okay? But if you ask me, like, my gut feeling, my heart... I'd probably say Mark Andrews, but I don't own a lot of these guys because it's
2: just well, right. a lot That's of That's not the question. Right, the question right, is, right. who
0: was the fourth one after those They're three guys? You down the spot and all. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: yeah. So you're taking Mark Andrews at the, end of, no, no. at the end of the season, you believe that Mark Andrews' total receiving yards, touchdowns, fantasy just, just points, points. Just fantasy points. Just fantasy points, going yes. to be number four.
1: Especially in non tight end premium. Tight end premium is where it gets tough.
2: Why does that change anything? Because he's not
1: a receptions guy, I think he's Tied like in a, premium oh, yeah, okay, okay. he's a yardage yeah, touchdown. Yeah. That's guy. a point and a half. Yeah. Okay,
0: all right, yeah. all right. That's Some tight end enough. premium leagues are two points for tight yeah, ends. Yeah, but I think mm. I think
1: I think you know from a touchdown standpoint and from potentially a yardage standpoint, you know, I think he could definitely you know uh, equal Hawkinson from a yardage standpoint, but from a touchdown standpoint, he could easily double him from a touchdown oh, wow. standpoint. Hmm. Easily double him. No one's saying that. Only, I mean, no one's betting Detroit's going to be this elite offense in the realm of possibility. Anything yeah. is,
0: but yeah, I'm I'm really high on hockey, so I think he's going to accomplish all of those. Everybody, things, is. I'm, I'm alone in this one. Mm-hmm. All right. solo,
1: solo. Don't John
2: be surprised with my boy Jordan Akins uh, from the Texans. Oh uh, man! No. All right, all right. You be Don't be with that all one. right. Listen, <laughs> with Jordan Akins, <sighs> surprise the no, no, world. In terms
1: of in terms of, in is terms not good of tight the of football ends football, that I, I like, because right. you're going because you just brought that a t- tight ends that I like. And I've kind of been all over the board. So we were super high on Trotman, okay, like everybody else. Don't come at me. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's only one preseason game. And I think we can't, we can't forget that he was hurt for a period of time. Okay? Mm-hmm. He was hurt and not practicing for a period of time. So, uh, But I need to see something out of these next few preseason games. I was so disturbed by what I saw that I went back to go look at Jimmy Graham's second year preseason, okay? Because I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, is Sean Payton just kind of one of those coaches that just you know doesn't want to show anything or like want to, you know, wants to keep things hidden because he kind of did that with Kamara to a standpoint. So I went back and looked at Jimmy Graham's you know season two preseason. Dude was getting targets and he was getting yak. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was he 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 was not just no, he didn't, they didn't keep Jimmy Graham's under wrap. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need to see that from. Troutman, and they're also talking about, you know, uh, was it Juwan Johnson or Juwan Johnson? Yeah, they're talking, you know, they're they're talking about this side. So I I need to see, you know, just, just don't be as good a blocker. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't block as well. Okay. (laughs) Don't block as well. And then maybe you can run a little bit more receiving routes. So you're
0: telling me there's a dip in Troutman. People are lower on Troutman right now. Oh, there's so, definitely a dip. There's definitely a dip. Oh, I need to get in some drafts. Then. There's definitely a dip. There's definitely a dip. So, it, but, it, but that is something then.
1: that I that I that I do want to see. Uh, but in terms of like you know who I'm targeting now, mm-hmm. um, Johnu Smith. Mm-hmm. Leaving it at that.
2: <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think we need to end this show if we're going to end it <laughs> with Johnu. John All right, Smith. guys, that's it for this week. What well, this is episode? What twelve? Episode 12, man. So we're moving through. Mm-hmm. This is episode 12, 1st and 15. Please like, rate, subscribe. All right. Yes sir. All right.
3: I want it, please take me for the morning So I need more disappointments than I ever will appointments. Give a fuck about your feelings, rub it in This your ointment, can't depend on the oink Find your pick in the blank